friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. And welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren and I'm your host and this is episode number two. Today we are going to talk about getting started on Etsy. If you are brand new to the platform or you're just sort of daydreaming about opening up an Etsy shop and finally taking those steps to make this goal happen for you, this is your episode. I'm going to take you a little bit behind the scenes of my business to talk about the things that I wish that I would have done differently if I could go back now and restart my Etsy journey over again so that you don't make the same mistakes and you can move quicker down that path of consistent sales and income. If you're daydreaming about getting started on Etsy and becoming that successful seller who has this consistent income and consistent sales that will finally bring in money, and will make a change for your family or your financial situation, the very first thing that I would say that you need to think about is what are you going to sell on Etsy? Do you have a variety of crafts that you enjoy doing? Or is your shop currently a hodgepodge of a whole bunch of random things that you like to make, but maybe they don't really go together that well, or they don't really have any sort of theme that's tying them together? Are you not sure what you should list in your shop and what you should just be making for fun as a hobby? Do you struggle to find the focus that your shop needs or to figure out what would sell well on Etsy or what you really need to base your shop around? Or you're tempted to open up multiple different shops because you feel like you just have a really wide variety of talents that don't fit under the roof of one shop. Well, in this episode, we are going to talk about how to narrow that down and how to really hone in on the direction of your shop so that you can be successful selling the things that you like to make, but also that can make you money. After all, we're not trying to create a volunteer position or an extra hobby for you. If you're anything like me as a busy mom, you probably already have plenty of things that can take your time and not make any money for you. So we are trying to create a job that pays you real income. And for that, you need to narrow it down. I want you to stop what you're doing and listen for a second. You have to narrow down the focus of your shop if you want to be successful selling on Etsy. If you are all over the place with your items and your shop is basically just a department store on Etsy, it's going to be very difficult to be successful because your brand doesn't have any identity or any real vision that would appeal to your customers. I need you to get out of the mindset that you are trying to sell to every single person who might be mildly interested in one of the vast array of products that you're capable of making and get into the mindset that you'll be able to attract a better community of customers with a smaller and more focused niche of product. So now that we have that out of the way, how do you decide what that product is going to be to build your community and attract those customers that are super interested in your product and will come back again and again to buy. 
If you already have a really wide variety of products that you make well and you enjoy making, but you just don't know how to narrow it down, then you're in a good spot. Maybe you make a variety of different things or you make some things here and there, but you haven't figured out that focus yet. You're multi-talented, so you could go in a bunch of different directions, but that doesn't mean that every single one of those directions needs to be featured in your shop. If you already have an Etsy shop, what are the listings that you have that bring in the most views? What are the listings that bring in the most questions from customers or potential customers through convos or emails? What items do you have that bring in favorites or that you post on social media and they get the most engagement with likes and comments and all of that? Or do you have a particular item that you get asked to make for family and friends more often? Do you have something that you've made for someone or for yourself that you've posted, say, on your personal Facebook and your friends and your family have just gone crazy over it? This actually happened to me with a pair of shorts that a friend of mine made. I was going to Disney World with my kids and I made an applique shirt for my daughter and I asked my friend to make a pair of shorts to match the shirt. My friend is multi-talented. She is great at making all kinds of different sewn items, swimsuits, dresses, whatever. She can make it. She has a ton of talent. But people went nuts for these shorts. I posted a picture of the outfit on my personal Instagram, which is just friends and family, and it got all kinds of comments. Oh my gosh, those shorts are so adorable. Oh my gosh, I need some of those shorts. My friend has a ton of talent, and she could go in a variety of different ways if she wanted to open up a shop, but those shorts got a great response from our friends and our family members and everything. So if she were going to open up a shop, I would say, you know, those shorts are selling really well and you might want to think about selling them in the shop. So what kind of items do you have that elicit that kind of response from people that you know? Another way of testing the market is to do in-person events and see what people are really drawn to or what attracts them to your area in the event. I know in my area, which is a very small town, there are still a lot of craft shows or school fairs where you can set up a table for very minimal cost, usually like $10 or $15. You don't have to have any fancy table decorations or anything like that. They're not juried craft shows or anything. They're just sort of these small town little school fairs. A crafter friend of mine got started in her business that way. She was dabbling in the world of cosmetics and home goods and home care or body care products. And she did a handful of craft fairs around the area just to kind of dip her toe in the water of selling and see if she could make it into a business that could actually earn some side income for her. It turns out then rather than the lip balms and bath bombs that she was making and thought would be the cornerstone of her business and be really popular, her candles actually ended up selling really well. She was literally selling out of candles every single time she set up a table and she couldn't even keep them in stock. So she started to focus her energy on the candles and sort of make them into the cornerstone of her business, which was not her original real vision for what she was going to make. But they were selling so well, she decided to quit trying to be everything to everyone with cosmetics and bath products and candles and to really just focus in on the candles. And her business was born this way. Her profits and her productivity increased by narrowing down her focus. 
If you already have products that you're selling and you want to further test out what kind of market exists for your items, I want you to go ahead and check on Etsy and see what kind of competition you have. But here's the catch with that. I don't want you to be discouraged by the competition if there are a lot of shops selling similar items. There are lots of ways to stand out and make yourself seen. So don't feel like just because there is competition, it's a bad thing. What competition in the marketplace means is that there's a proven market for what you're selling. You're not creating something brand spanking new that you have to educate your consumer about. They already know that a product like yours exists, so they're ready to buy yours if you can get it in front of them. And there are plenty of customers on the internet, so rest assured that there is plenty of space for your vision and your unique spin on the items. Lastly, I want you to think about what kind of profit margins you have for the items that you're making and what kind of time investment each of them takes you. When you're building a business, especially in the early stages when you're hustling for every single sale and you want to take every customer that asks you for a custom item, you wanna make sure when you are narrowing down your items in your shop that you have something that is sustainable for you to make once your shop gets busy. If you have a product that takes a long time to make and has very low profit margins, that's not gonna be something that you're gonna want to build a shop around unless you have a way to increase those profits or decrease that time investment. Sometimes it is possible to do that and you're able to increase your profits by batching things together and speeding up the process once you get busier and have more orders. Or sometimes you're able to raise your prices once you get more confident in your business and what you're making and selling but you wanna make sure that you have a very healthy profit margin when you're narrowing down your focus of products and that you're not committing yourself to something that takes a long time to make and doesn't make you much money. I experienced this personally in my own shop with a category that I thought would be really profitable. It was shirts for kids. I started my shop making burp cloths and bibs for babies, and then I saw this huge market potential to make birthday and holiday shirts for children. I saw them selling all over Etsy. There were shops with thousands and thousands of sales that did just holiday shirts. So I thought if I could just sell some, maybe not every single holiday or every single birthday, I still wanted to do the burp cloths and the bibs. But if I could just have this side part of my shop that did these shirts, that would just increase my sales exponentially and it would be great. So I started by making Christmas and Thanksgiving shirts around the holiday season. And then I sort of branched out into some birthdays and taking custom orders for birthday designs and Halloween and Easter and a few other holidays. But the problem was it just wasn't sustainable. The shirts were so incredibly time consuming because every single person wanted a different design or different fabrics or different colors. And they were just really heavy things to stitch out. They took a long time to stitch on my embroidery machine. And as my business got busier with products that didn't take as much time to make, it didn't make sense for me to be consuming all of my time with these much slower products, these shirts. So these shirts would oftentimes take me 45 minutes or an hour, and I was selling them for about $25. And that didn't even include the Etsy fees and the shipping and all of the costs that I had going into it. So as my shop got busier and I was busy with items that had a much higher profit margin, it didn't make sense for me to keep making these shirts. 
I should have seen the writing on the wall pretty early on making the shirts because they were so time consuming, but I really felt like if I could just get into this market, it would just explode my shop. But the opposite ended up happening. I was running overdue on orders. I wasn't responding to convos as quickly. I was overwhelmed because I had these products that were just so time consuming that it ended up detracting from the overall quality of my shop. So I eliminated them from my shop and I went back to what I had originally started with, which was the burp claws and the bibs. And if I was looking for opportunities to grow, I looked in terms of different directions that didn't take so much time to make. I do want to go ahead and throw it out there, though, that I don't think that all of your products have to be exactly related or some variation on the same product, like an entire shop of headbands with just different patterns or different colors but they should be related in some way or have some type of customer in mind who would be shopping for one or more of them. Think about stores that you frequent at the mall, like a store like Gymboree if you have kids. They have clothes for kids and babies. They have headbands, maybe some swimsuits, pajamas, maybe a couple pairs of shoes. They're not just focused on one item. It's not all just a store full of shirts. But they do have an overarching theme or a similar customer in mind that might be interested in all of those things. Likewise, I think that you can create under the umbrella of one shop a brand that has a few different collections of items but that appeal to a similar customer and are related in that way. As I said before, in my shop, I sell mostly baby items. However, I do have a few other items that are listed and have sold very well, like purses for football games, duffel bags, etc. These are still monogrammed, just like the baby gifts, but they're things that people would be more likely to buy for themselves rather than as a gift for somebody. The customer of the two things, the monogrammed things and the baby items, are the same. They're just buying for different purposes. As a final note, I want to say that if you're just getting started on Etsy or just really beginning the process of diving in to make this a profitable venture, I would really caution against opening up multiple shops. The reason for this is because it gets really difficult to manage two different inventories, two different brands, different products, all the product photography, toggling back and forth on Etsy between the two shops, and also because it causes you to split your focus on where you're headed with both of the shops. You'll have better success if you really focus on one shop and Pour your drive and your focus and your energy into defining that brand and figuring out how to drive traffic to that shop. If you're trying to split all of those things between two separate shops with two totally different visions or personalities, you're going to be pulled in too many directions and you won't see maximum success in either one of them. Lastly, I want to remind you that you're not locked into what you decide right this second. Don't feel like you're stuck with the products that you start off with. You can always change the direction of your shop or you can add something new to your shop that you want to test out and see how it sells. Don't get caught in the trap of analyzing your market so much that you're paralyzed into inaction. You think that you have to come up with this perfect product line that's never going to change and so you take too much time analyzing and researching and putting off the actual launch of the product. Start with what you have and know that you can adjust and readjust as you go. Your market can be fluid and it's going to be fluid and it's going to change as your customer base grows and changes. 
And oftentimes you're not going to know what the best sellers are until you get them out there. So while you can make an educated guess about what you're going to sell and what's going to sell well and what your customers will love, you won't know for sure until you jump into it. I hope that this has been helpful to you as you work to narrow down your options. Remember, narrowing it down will help you have more sales, not hurt your success. Don't be afraid to have a very niche market. That is where you find your super fan customers. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you need any help niching down your products or narrowing down the offerings that you already have in your shop, head on over to my Facebook group, Etsy Roadmap by Lauren Keplinger and join. It's the friendliest group on all the internet and I'd love to see you there. Hope you have enjoyed this show and you're excited about upcoming episodes. I will see you back here soon. Bye for now. Bye.